and welcome to episode seven of West End Talks. And glad to have you all back. Tonight we have the honour of speaking to Tom Gribby. Some of you well know as the agent to the stars uh, and also producing just a small musical uh, concert version before lockdown happened. Uh, it was certainly one of the last big concerts, certainly, uh, before lockdown. But welcome, Tom. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Graham. No. I've got my wine with me, which um, most people will know I always have close to hand. So, I've got water, yeah, you've got wine. We'll do, a, we'll do a virtual cheers. Yeah, there we go. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> um, great. So I was absolutely thrilled when you, you said you'd come along, join us. I think you're actually one of the first, uh, first you know, offstage members that we have, which is great. I know you have done some, some on stage as well. But you're one of the first kind of producers or directors, and they're the ones I like to talk to because they're the ones that get into the nitty gritty of the show, and and yeah. they make the decisions and things. So we've got a lot of questions. Most of them have come from the fans, uh, as you're aware. But we'll start with just a couple uh, from ourselves and um, from West End Talks. And the first one we we asked everybody this. Um, yours is what is slightly different, but what got you into performing arts? Um. I, growing up, I'm, so I'm, I'm from Nottingham originally and my family, there's a small um, family business that's been going for years that my granddad set up in Knitbear and stuff. So my, my, the performing doesn't come from my family at all. I remember going to the Nottingham Theatre Royal pantomime um, and seeing this young boy tap dance on on stage do this solo and um, downstage left and I was I remember going oh my god I really want to do that and um, so it was from there really and I'd always been quite musical I'd learned quite a few instruments growing up and then I started to sing and so I kind of sang initially and then I started um started dance and I kind of it was tap was my main thing really that I kind of um tap and jazz and yeah so it kind of just went from there but yeah it was seeing I mean I'd love to I'd love to find out who this young boy in this pantomime was that, that actually inspired me. But yeah, it's just quite a memorable moment. So um, yeah, it was that moment. If you, if you were to remember the year, I'm sure you could look it up. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> My memory's not, not many, theater, many moons ago. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> not that, you're, you're not that old, Tom. <laughs> you're not that. What would you say, eight? You saw it when you were eight? Yeah, so that's what, about yeah, ten, ten years ago. Yeah, I would say about I'd say about eight, yeah, eight years old, and I yeah, I just remember just being in awe of this of the whole production value. I mean, it's, it's kudos now, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was the probably old old style kudos, but um, yeah, just the whole production value. And then um, my granddad took me to see Buddy, um, the musical, and I just I knew nothing about Buddy Holly, and it was just I just remember thinking it was just a brilliant show and. Um, loving every second of it and then um, yeah I just kind of just grew from there a passion for that and I I always used to make all the other kids um, perform in my production of Joseph in the playground which is kind of and I'd hold auditions <laughs> hold auditions we had a the school I had a, my primary school had a bamboo garden and we used to hold auditions in there and then I'd cast myself as Joseph as you would so uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. so um the Pirate Queen wasn't actually my first producing credit. It was probably uh, Joseph in the playground of uh, a grade school in Westbridge in Nottingham. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> that sounds yes, that sounds good. Absolutely. Um, so what was your first show as a performer that you were in? Obviously, not that you watched. So I did. Um, so I had quite a um, varied career. I kind of worked as a commercial dancer, um, did a bit of TV work, and I, I think it was. 42nd Street was the first show I did, kind of a, a big proper show that I did the tour. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I loved it because obviously tap was the first thing I ever did. So it was, it was, it was very much, it was very much that um, kind of took me back and I was a swing on that. So I kind of, it was great to kind of learn all the different tracks and stuff. That was the first time I ever swung. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, you know what, it's a family show. <laughs> So yeah, so that was kind of, it, and it gave me a great, great insight into, you know, that I, I kind of I had to learn the show quite quickly. Um, I just got back from in, doing a job in India and um, I kind of had to learn the show pretty quickly. And then it was kind of, yeah, thrown on. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a great, great learning curve. I really enjoyed it. Great. Absolutely brilliant. Um, 
Forty Second Street is definitely the top number, the top show. That's if you if you if you're a dancer, that's definitely the one musical that you want to be in, doesn't it? With absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That that in Cats, I would say. Was, I, know, I mean, I auditioned for Cats numerous times, never got it. Um, but um, yeah, I would say I'd say to a dancer, and then I was also lucky enough to do um, a chorus line. Um, out in Asia, so it was, it was, it was, yeah, that was great as well because I, you know, it was that's another dancer show that was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, so no, absolutely. And it's funny that even although I sung first when I was growing up, it was kind of actually, I, I was never really the singer, singer, um, uh, the dancer, sorry, I was never really the dancer kind of when I was training and stuff like that. So it was very much a case of I, I was given quite dance heavy shows, which I always thought was, you know, quite, quite different for for what people thought I was going to go into, so, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Uh, we now come to the, 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 the dreaded bit, the fans' questions. Uh, the disclaimer, West End Talks holds no responsibility for the questions being asked. Okay. Although it's my voice that's asking them. No, there's, no, there's none that's that bad, don't worry. <laughs> there's none that's that bad. <laughs> um, that I think, anyway, that I think there's none that bad. <laughs> uh, so, R Robbie, who, who you met, he, yeah. he likes to get a question in. Um, and he asks, "What is what would you say is the most challenging thing about producing a show? I mean, I'm obviously going off just purely six months and mine was a one night gig, which was which was still incredible. Um, and I'm not discounting it in any shape or form, but um, there's obviously a lot more informed people in that position <laughs> than I am. But um, what I found um, the most challenging thing I would say was um, keeping everybody happy which I didn't do all the time and not every producer does all the time and I think that's kind of it, it's very difficult to have to kind of keep all these balls kind of in the air kind of juggling all these balls and kind of you know one might slip in it there and then it, it actually has a bearing effect on one over here so it's very it's it's difficult it's a it's a very difficult job and I have a lot of respect for um for producers a lot newfound respect I always did respect producers but um yeah newfound on how difficult and how taxing it was um i'd say pirate queen was probably more taxing because it was a fully self-funded um production so I, I wasn't relying on investors or anything it was purely we had um, two sponsors for the show but they were my companies anyway so it was all it was all kind of funded by myself um so, I mean, what we managed to achieve was just incredible. And I'm extremely grateful to the whole cast and team for that. Um, yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't make perfect decisions and that's the thing. And I don't think any producer does. But, yeah, that, the, 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 most, the thing I learned the most was, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's keeping, it's the difficulty of keeping everyone happy. It's a tough, tough job. It's a really tough job, especially at the moment. I mean, it's, it's awful for producers at the moment with what we're going through and everything. It's, yeah, um, yeah. No, definitely. But I think you, you kind of downplayed, by the way, with the word incredible. I think it was more outstanding. <laughs> I was there and the whole show, the whole night was outstanding. Standing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, yeah, I'm so I'm so grateful we managed to do it because there were there were obviously murmurs of um, one of my best friend lives in Hong Kong so the, she, she obviously knew about Corona and there's been murmurs obviously on the news at, around February about what was going off and everything but I don't think we knew to what kind of effect it would have like just literally about three weeks after the concert date but um, I'm so grateful that we managed to go ahead um, and raise so much money as we did for Leukemia UK and it's just you know, I, 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 I'm so proud of everything that the cast and creative team and, you know, and the technicians and everything achieved. I think, I think it's great. I think it's a great piece. I'm so grateful to Claude Michel and Alain for entrusting me with the, that project and everything. And also everyone at the Coliseum for putting faith in me as an unknown producer to just literally, I just walked in and I just said, you know, I'd like to put on this show. And they, they kind of just, you know, I managed to win them over, which is you know, kind of just, um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it was just that really. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So No, definitely. I was, as I say, I was there. I, I was the second last show I was at, uh, and it still resonates with me. Like, the cast were, were outstanding, um, obviously, this lady here especially, but um, the whole cast in, in itself were just fantastic. I, to be perfectly honest, knew nothing about the show. Mm -hmm. uh, before I went in, I hadn't. I don't listen to soundtracks. Yeah. 
obviously if they're jukebox, this is not jukebox, but if they're jukebox musicals, that's different. You've probably heard the songs, but Absolutely. this obviously wasn't a jukebox. I knew who, who composed the music, and we'll come to that in the next question, um, with a bit more about the composer. Um, but that, that was all I knew, was who composed the songs, and that was it. But just listen to the music. That you, you, it's, it's just it's outstanding. Um, the music and um, the, the, just the whole show. It was absolutely fantastic. It was a brilliant night. Uh, and you obviously, you had fellow Scots, Britain's Got Talent winner, Jamie McDowell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know him. Actually, I know him not very well, but he was in our local dramatic school. Uh, where I'm from in Scotland, he's actually from the local the drama, the big one anyway. There was a, a smaller ones, but the biggest one in the area he was actually in, and he was in the year he won Brits of Talent. And so they, that was his first yeah. performance as, as I mean, winner. I mean, hearing him sing "I'll Be There" was one of the incredible moments of the night. Hearing Rachel obviously sing "Woman" and seeing um, Hannah Waddingham as Queen Elizabeth the First was just they're just. It was just an incredible night, and I was in floods of tears throughout. I was in floods of tears during the tech. I was in floods of tears in the sits probe. Um, yeah, um, it was it was an incredible night. It was an incredible night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so moving on, uh, Alex, as, as, as Alex asked, and as we have said already, um, the legend. I think is the only word we can use. Uh, Claude Michel Schauberg composed the Pirate Queen. Now, for anyone that doesn't know the name you will know because he also composed the songs for Lemis. Yeah. Um, so it's the same composer. Uh, obviously, I know you know, I wasn't saying it to you, Tom. It's yeah, no, 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 I know. And, and, and Miss Saigon and uh, um, yes. Martin Gare, which is one of my favourite shows ever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's, he's a legend, I think. Uh, so what was it like working with those legends, that legend show, songs, not shows, songs? Um, I mean, it, it, was, it was daunting. It's an intimidating ask just because they are and you know as a producer you know I, I I obviously have to deal with a lot of stuff months prior in terms of rights agreements and stuff like that and then you know they, they have to be happy with who we chose for certain roles and who we chose for the creative team and we were incredibly lucky um, to have um, Julian Kelly as our MD who MD'd it on Broadway and that was a that was a very um, strong stipulation from Claude Michel that he wanted someone that especially because of the short amount of time that we had for the rehearsal process he really wanted someone that understood the score and Julian had um, orchestrated it all as well when it was on Broadway so he you know and from Chicago so he he knew the score inside out so he was the best man for the job um, and it, yeah so absolutely so it was very daunting going back to your original question it's very daunting having you know this well basically the two pillars I think two very strong pillars of uh, musical theatre British musical theatre kind of you know having to you know take their one of their shows and give it a UK premiere was very very daunting um, he's a lovely man as, as is a lamb um, yeah. I, I can yeah I can have a heart to heart with them both um, they take me out for macarons all the time in, in Covent Garden or <laughs> well, they used to you know obviously before lockdown um, and you know and we had really we had some really nice and frank chats about what they wanted um, and um, Alain was away for a lot of the um, rehearsal process but Claude Michel was very hands-on I a lot of my dealings with Claude Michel were very prior to prior to the actual rehearsal process but um, Claude Michel was very hands-on, he was in with the cast almost every day, kind of making sure it was exactly what he wanted and, you know, his thoughts as to why stuff was musically in a certain way and he was, yeah, so absolutely, I mean, he, he was great and I, I'm sure they were very well, um, Claude Michel could not be there on the night, but Alain Bouville was there and he was, he was extremely happy with how it turned out and everything, so yeah, I, I hope, yeah, mm. I hope I did them proud, which I hope they, they said I have, so yeah. Well, you answered. Uh, you actually answered the last bit of Alex's question was what was he as, was at the was he at the show? But you've you've already said yeah, that Claude yeah, wasn't. Yeah, Alan. Yeah. He sent his apologies, but um, um, Alan was there, and yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, it was but cool. I mean, and I take it he was happy with the, the overall. I'm yeah, assuming he would be. Yeah, I don't think he'd have said anything different. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure. Um, so Alex asks, uh, is there any intentions for a full run? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's always something that 
we'll probably t we'll probably talk about I think there's a lot of stuff going off at the moment anyway that kind of has kind of put a bit of a halter on stuff yeah it, it's something that's been mentioned I I you know I don't know I know I know they're keen to kind of rework some certain bits like they do a couple of their other shows as well anyway but um I, I think it, I think it's worthy of a, a worthy of the run in some context um yeah it, it's a shame isn't it that it was one night and be there or miss it and you know well, oh, that, that's like, what I thought. yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like a lot I'd, I'd like a lot more people to have seen what we what we created and everything so um yeah I, I don't know watch this space maybe 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 one day <laughs> maybe but there's nothing no, nothing saying John. um I think that's what a lot of people are saying or maybe's and forget what's going on at the moment I think that's what everybody's yeah. answers are anyways I don't unless it is actually concrete then oh but Simon asks, still sticking with the Pirate Queen at the moment, Simon asks, did you have any say in the casting as Miss T here was a fabulous choice? That's yeah. Simon's words, not... <laughs> All the West End talks agrees, it's not our words. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Rachel Tucker was the, the, absolutely, indeed, the best woman for the job. She, she's obviously um, Irish. Um, she can belt like no one else can. Yes. Um, she was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, and so was Hannah Waddingham. Um, I mean, to have those two people that I used to fangirl, you know, all the time, kind of, <laughs> when, I, when I was, even when I was a professional going, ah, you know, absolutely, just to have them there and, you know, and perform these two iconic roles that are actually not necessarily from musical theatre, these two iconic roles, but from a period of history, because it's, it's obviously a true story about Anya yeah. um, and um, the, the, the true Irish pirate queen and how she fought against Queen Elizabeth I. And to have these two iconic, you know, um, period characters um, kind of performed by these two incredible actresses was incredible. Um, and then obviously we had Jai McDowell, um, from Britain's Got Talent, and then uh, Matt Pagan from Calabro. Um, so I was kind of, I was involved in those four main cast things, I would say, the four main leads. And um, the rest, I kind of just left to, a as, to the creative team, um, which I think is important kind of to step back a bit from, um, from that necessarily, and kind of just put your trust into your director um, and your MD and kind of just trust that what they're gonna do is, you know, going to be right for the show because it's them that it's you know the creative team that are going to be there on the front line every day in terms of rehearsal. So you know, I'm yeah. So I, I can have a say in certain things and you know, but I think they're the ones that got to work with them. So no, that's the it's but mainly came from them. Yeah, no, that's but obviously the, I think he mentioned Rachel, but yeah, definitely the, the whole cast. But I, that was the first time I'd ever seen Hannah Wadden come live. Yeah, uh, obviously we I, I know her from. A certain Netflix TV show, um, <laughs> which as it's a family show, will not name, but that was the first time I had really came across her. Um, I knew of her, but never really had seen anything with her in or anything like that. But that was the first time I'd seen her live, and it was wow. Uh, she was very good as well. I didn't realize she could sing just as well. She obviously doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't well, well, that I, in. yeah, I saw her as, um, as which is uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, I can't speak, the witchy, Wicked Witch of the West, that's a tongue twister after that yes. glass of wine, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's going get interesting as we go on. <laughs> At the Palladium, and so I, I was so excited to see what she would bring to Queen Elizabeth, because, um, yeah, Queen Elizabeth has got this top soprano um, kind of, you know, kind of, um, all these top soprano songs so to, for what she was going to bring I just thought she'll bring this real depth of character she honestly she's she's a she's a seasoned pro if she doesn't mind me saying um but no she absolutely knows exactly what she's doing and yeah. no she the character was in such safe hands so, oh did you, and you got that as the audience as well yeah. you, you found out from the audience just, I was so excited to see her do that so it was going on, me going back to my fangirl moment was just an excitement to, to see her do that. No, so that's just your ideal cast, is that all that was yeah, no, yeah, coming through your ideal list? And yeah, went, yeah, we'll no, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think for, for a charity one night event, it should be. I think, yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, I think, I think you should, you should have this, um, kind of no, absolutely. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of everyone, and it's not just those leads either, everyone who you know, everyone in the ensemble and featured ensemble, they were all incredible and all, all you know all pro, you know true pros and 
you know, some from, you know, Les Mis, and, you know I mean, and all this kind of stuff. I was so touched that, you know, everyone came together for the charity. I mean, we had a cast of over, with the choirs included, about over, over 70. So, no, absolutely incredible. So, no, it definitely was. Um, so, moving on slightly, I think some of the questions will come back to, to the Pirate Queen a bit, but, because that's what everybody, um, obviously, we, we can advertise you as, as the producer of the Pirate Queen, so everybody was wanting to ask questions. Um, but moving away from that, Amy's going into to your other, to take that hat off and put the other hat on, your other hat, uh, oh, that was so, so great, Lydia. <laughs> uh, Amy asks, how do you go about finding an agent? Um, how does she go about, not you personally? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, writing to people. So obviously, um, there is a, obviously part of my job that looks at graduates. So people who are obviously graduating from uh, drama school and being invited to their um, performances and showcases. And agent panel days, which is obviously a big thing, but also um, it's just writing to people. And I remember, I remember when I graduated, I didn't get my. I had about four or five offers from my showcase, and I didn't take any of them because I didn't feel the agent was particularly right. And I wrote to, I wrote to about, I would say, seventy agents, and enclosed my. And we're talking back in the day now. Um, so, you know, so I literally had to send it by Royal Mail with a, stamp, <laughs> with a stamped addressed envelope inside. And I, I remember sending all these, these stacks of hard-backed envelopes out. And, um, and, I, and I got a, um, I had a meeting with an agent who I thought was very reputable. Um, she represented one of my um, teachers who I kind of put on a bit of a pedestal um, when I was training. and. Um, yeah, she signed me. She kind of took a punt on me, I would say. And um, yeah, she, I would say she was probably one of the best agents I had. So um, no, absolutely. So um, going back to the question, I it, writing to people and it's kind of, it's being persistent and kind of highlighting, I think, in a cover letter, what, what, you, what you bring to the table, but also what you, why you want to join that agency. I, I, I kind of, um, I'm, I don't really go for, you know, the generic letters of, oh, hi, um, will you represent me, dot, dot, dot. You know, it's kind of, it needs to be like, oh, I've seen your client in this, or I've noticed that your clients are doing this, or I know see your clients are doing, you know, the musical theatre clients are also doing TV and stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's very much kind of catering it to individually to, a, um, to an agent. And that's time consuming. You know, that is time consuming. But at the end of the day, if you're running a business, that's the kind of thing you have to do. You know, it's kind of, you know, you have to kind of make yourself stand out from the crowd. And that does catch an agent's attention. So, yeah, be persistent. Keep writing. And even if it's a no, it just means it's a no at that time. It just means, you know, you just haven't met at that time. It, you know, give it six months, write again, invite them to something. You know, if you are, you know, if you're doing something else, you know you know, or you get a new showreel, send that along, you know, just keep them updated. And you no, know, it's important. It's important to just keep writing and keep going. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's sound advice there for Amy. Um, that's brilliant. So we are coming back to, to, the, to the PQs I've wrote here. Uh, Matt asks, did they record the Pirate Queen on the charity night? And if they did, are they planning on releasing it? Um, they being me, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we did for archive purposes. Um, I don't know because obviously there's a lot of um, discussions that would have to go on in terms of um, it's not as easy as just releasing it. Um, I would love to, but it's purely we've purely just got it for archive purposes at the moment. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a big discussion I'd have to have with Claude Michel and Alan and the entire cast and musicians and everything that was there. So, um, I don't know, maybe one day, but um, yeah, I don't, yeah it's, it's, only, it's only been recorded for archive purposes at the moment. So. I think every show is recorded for yeah, archive. Yeah. That's the thing. Everybody, because when people see shows, and I'm not naming the shows, because there's certainly, certainly one show that I can think of that I'm head that was recorded for archive purposes, and Mr. McIntosh has made it perfectly clear that that's what it was all only for. Uh, but the minute somebody sees a camera, or that they're because obviously they have to announce right. that they're out recording this performance, um, they think, "Oh, it's getting released on DVD." Doesn't automatically mean that. No, no not at all. In the West End, 
it gets recorded for archive purposes. Yeah, but absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And with it being obviously a one night and obviously Claude Michel not being there, do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. It's kind of, yeah, it was very much for archive purposes at the moment. Yeah. But. Well, there is the option to, to leave, especially for the need of the charity. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would love to, but it's not, it's not. Or it's no, it's simple as just you do that. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. So jumping back to the agent, uh, uh, I might have, should have wrote a video. Uh, it's just the way I wrote them as they <laughs> quit. Good job, Graham. You're doing a Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, Sean asks, what things should a student look, shouldn't look for in an agent? So not the other way around. Um, someone that's right for you. I think I'm a big believer of that. I think um, my agency in particular, we're very um, personable, I would say, in that... Um, myself and the other agents we don't have our particular lists and stuff we kind of know everyone um, and I think that's I think that's the way I always worked with my agent as a performer and it it was what worked best for me in the fact that I wanted an agent where I could ring them up and go oh I'm not sure um, what song to take to that audition what do you recommend or you know do you recommend anyone for headshots and you know not be intimidated by whoever my agent was so that that was kind of the what worked for me and so yeah, it's ideally what works best for you as a performer. Um, some people, the intimidating person that has quite a few people on their books that can open the doors is, is, is you know, more preferable. But no, I find a more personable approach, and that's what um, I think Northbridge offers. So, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's definitely a personal choice having an agent. Um, it's like buying a house, I would, I would sometimes say. <laughs> No, in meetings, it's, it's very much like you walk in and you kind of, you just know, I think you just know whether you've got that connection, whether you, you know, whether you can work with that person. And so, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's so it's, it's like a lot of things. It's like driving instructors and things like that as well. You, you, you have to, I know it's completely different than driving instructor, but you've got to, it's the same sort of principles. You've got to get on with it. It, 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 isn't, it isn't, it isn't, you know, you're exactly the same, exactly what you just said. It's, it's very much, you've got to be working with this person and hopefully I, I, I see working with my clients for the lifetime of their career. You know, I don't, I don't see it as a short-lived thing. So it's very much, um, yeah, it's very much having that connection and being able to have that relationship with someone for, um, for yeah, that many, however many years you want, you see yourself performing plus going on to creative kind of things, if that's what you want to do beyond that, you know. So it's kind of, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and they need to be fun as well. I think, I think, you know, I think, in, I think, yeah, I always wanted an agent that was fun and I always had agents that were quite fun and, you know, I mean, would, would, would go for a drink with me after it's coming to see me in a show and, do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just, yeah, just no. I can imagine never, never a dull day in the office with you about Tom, that's definite. <laughs> I can imagine that, like, already. Never a dull day. Uh, I could certainly have. <laughs> If so. I was looking for an agent, I'd go for you, but I'm not oh, performing. Oh, you're so. a charmer. You're a charmer. I know. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so Claire asks, uh, she's asking more about your company, North, Northbridge. And they said Northbrooks. I'm like, what's Northbrooks? Northbridge yeah. uh, agency. So who, who's the most famous you've got in your books? She wants to know. Oh, it depends on what, what category. So, um, I mean, we look after some some people. So we, we work along so so. I'll give you a bit of an exclusive. So we work alongside um, two PR and management companies at the moment, and we're all combining together to form what's going to be called Empire Talent Group. Um, so Northbridge will almost be no more, but we'll we'll be rebranding as Empire Talent Group soon. So, um, which is very exciting. So with with those two management and PR companies, we look after um, Todrick out Todrick Hall outside of the uh, side of America, and AJ Pritchard from Strictly, Curtis Pritchard. Fern McCann, um, Malik Thompson-Dwyer from Hollyoaks. Um, yeah, quite a few different people. Um, yeah, so a nice... You sold nice, me in Todrick. Yeah. <laughs> sold me in Todrick Hall, a nice, yep. nice, nice eclectic mix. So, um, yeah, and, you know, some of those people, because um, I obviously, I obviously am Will for Empire, be overseeing the acting and you know, TV and film arm, so I won't be dealing with certain people in that kind of respect, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, I love it. I love every second of it. It's absolutely, it's being able to drag kind of 
my business acumen and also what I've always done as a performer, kind of bring it together and amalgamating it together. And it's kind of, it's fun. And I have a real confidence and, you know, really enjoying it, confidence in all my clients. And now I love it. I love every second of it. So, so how, how often do you have these strictly on the phone? <laughs> will, will so-and-so do this? Will so-and-so do that? AJ's not doing it anymore. So, uh, no, so not, not at all now. But, um, yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Amy, uh, not Amy, Amy, uh, another Amy, uh, asks if you could produce any show, what would it be and why? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm a big believer in um, new writing. Um, so, I, 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 so the answer to that question, Amy, is probably. Um, something that hasn't even been created yet, if I'm honest. Um, Coronavirus, the musical. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, I, I think there'll be several of those I've, I've heard on the grapevine kind of popping up. Um, but um, no, something, something kind of new and British would be great. Um, I am in talks at the moment with a composer that's kind of done, done something um, in the West End and stuff, kind of work, working, workshopping something new that you know, they're, they're kind of going to create for that, um, for something new for, for us. But um, so that's kind of my new project as such. But um, yeah, I don't know, it would definitely be a new right. I think. Yeah, I, I like that. I, yeah, I think so. I don't think, I, if there was, I, yeah, there's no immediate show from past catalogue that in, immediately springs to mind. But, um, or if there is, I don't, I'm going to probably keep it under wraps because I don't really want to... <laughs> Do I reveal anything that you shouldn't? So, um, yeah, it'd probably yeah. be a new right. So, yeah. so that's a good option, yeah, definitely. Um, so Lily asks, uh, what made you want to be an agent? Um, and, um, I kind of, I kind of, I got to the end of my performing career and I'd, I'd been through quite a personal kind of um, relationship breakup at the time and I kind of, I was kind of a bit like I just finished Hairspray and I was a bit like oh I don't really know what I want to do anymore and it was kind of a natural progression I'd, I'd always taught as a kid and I um, taught children and when I was in between work and stuff and I I kind of just decided that you know I'd, I'd always been asked if I had any you know and it kind of just naturally progressed from there and then I took on a few graduates and it kind of it just yeah it just blossomed from there really and it kind of like I said earlier it kind of brings together my business acumen which is kind of enforced upon by my family and then also what I learned from the industry so it's kind of yeah it was just I think it gets to a certain age where um performers go oh look I need to kind of decide whether I'm, I still pursue it or whether you know, I kind of look for a different avenue within the industry or outside of the industry, and that's they're all absolutely fine. So, um, yeah, it's, it was just kind of, I just thought, oh, I'm too far in now to kind of give up totally on the industry. I kind of need to, you know, stick at it, but in what capacity that will be, and this is kind of where I got to. Yeah, but you, you, I'm sure you, you'll still, you would still perform if, some, if the opportunity arose, would you not? Well, <laughs> well I, I don't know if I've got the um, fitness uh, thing down anymore. Um, twice the man I used to be in terms of size. Um, although Amy's um, having a good shot at that. Yeah, I know she. Oh, she is absolutely. So, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm. Um, I live with Amy Atkinson, who's obviously a pretty woman. So she's been cracking the whip, so to say, and kind of taking me on fitness kind of workouts every day to get me. Back We've to been watching for myself, and um, yeah, so she's got me enrolled on this 24-hour um, music alathon, which we're kind of doing on Saturday evening till Sunday. Kind of with all different guests from um, Broadway and West End and stuff. So um, yeah, so 24 hours of non-stop uh, singing and dancing, which will test my fitness these days. So, um, <laughs> uh, for for well, obviously that, that's for charity. Yeah, uh, save the children, Corona. So. Yeah, save the ch children, Corona fund. So what we'll do is we will obviously we are fundraising ourselves for for the action fellows, but on Saturday uh, we're hoping hoping to watch the whole thing. We will try our best and stay up with you um, uh, as West End Talks and we will we will tweet you and, and tag you and things throughout the night. Oh, um, that, that's the intention, but we will we'll, we'll <laughs> promise. Just schedule we'll it. Promise. We will, the intention is <laughs> to try and stay up. 
Uh, but we will we will tie tweet the, the link to, to the, the donation page throughout that night oh, um, to help you and and things. So we will get um we, we will support you. We're, that's thank what we're you, here yeah, for. Is to, that's the whole point in, in West End Talks is to, to yeah. support the actors. So anything at all you're doing, especially twenty four hour musical musical a thon. Where did the idea come I from? Even say, I, we, 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 I think I think we're both losing the plot a bit, if I'm honest. <laughs> Too much no, wine, possibly. Yeah, possibly. No. So we um, so we've we've been doing um, we've been doing this. So we did a um, a masterclass for OT Mabusi when she did um, West End Wednesdays. West End Wednesdays. I can't speak to that. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, no, exactly. I can't say Musicalathon and you know, in brand and West End Wednesdays. Um, so yeah, so um, we did that, and then so we've been doing these weekly workshops um, on Saturday mornings and now Saturday afternoons for people all over the world, kind of um, just kids, kind of and adults, kind of dancing, um, learning some of the routines from Six, which were kind of adapted. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And it was kind of, we kind of just decided we wanted to do something that kind of gave something back to, you know, and to a charity, I think, that was kind of internationally recognised, I think. So um, our main audience is children. So there's no better charity than I would say Save the Children. Um, yeah, and it kind of just go went from there and we just went, oh, um, Joanne Clifton had just done a 24-hour jive. So I think we kind of just went, oh, we'll do a 24-hour um, sing and dance-a-thon. And then it just became a musical-a-thon. And we've kind of scheduled kind of different hours. We're doing six hours of six, not not back-to-back. Because I'd, 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 I'd be pulling my hair out. So every, nice few hours, every few hours we will be doing six. And then um, there's like a Jerry Mitchell hour where Jerry Mitchell will actually be joining us from Broadway. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, so there's different... There's name dropping there, Tom, name dropping. Yeah. <laughs> Clang. Um, there'll be, you know, there's, um, you know, there's an MGM musical section, there's a West End Now, there's a Broadway Now, there's kind of Pretty Woman, obviously, Bainey and stuff like that. So yeah, so um, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Uh, yes, we, as I say, the, the intention, when does it start? So um, Saturday at 6pm UK time, so um, yeah. And then it finishes up, obviously, until 6pm Sunday night. It's it, even just talking about it this now making me so tired. <laughs> but the, the intention is to, to be there for most of it, certainly with Wit and Talk. Oh, bless you. Thank well, you. Well, we can't promise. We will certainly not promise <laughs> uh, because most of it will be spent in my bed. Uh, so, probably <laughs> comfortable wrapped up. You yeah, know. No, how, don't stop you rubbing it in now. You're rubbing I'm it just, in. Yeah, I'm rubbing it in slightly. <laughs> uh, so, Shannon, moving on. Uh, but that's great. We will definitely we will support you. Uh, tweet all the things, Instagram, you name it, we'll, we'll join in. Um, so, we, sorry, where can they watch that? I uh, so can watch that on, it's on Amy's Instagram Live, on Amy's uh, Facebook Live, and on Amy's uh, YouTube Live. But um, I'm sure if you go to any of the news, the news articles that have come out recently, they, they list all the... And we'll tweet it as well, we'll, we'll put it out as well, so that you'll be able to see it from there. Not from our page, but we'll tweet the link to, to Amy's okay. pages. Thank you. So that they can see it. Uh, the torture. <laughs> you know, yes, I salute you. Like an hour and a half, two hour show is bad enough. Doing 24 hours straight. Oh no, no. good on you. That's all I'll say. Good on you. Um, so Shannon asks, what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most after lockdown? Um, seeing my friends. Like not on, not on Zoom, but seeing them in real life. And... Yeah. Yeah, and going to a bar, and oh, no, I'm dragging me back to alcohol again. Um, <laughs> say, you've had enough. And, and going to the theatre, I mean, that night, that night that all the theatres reopen is just going to be electric, isn't it? It's going to be, like, be fantastic. It's going to be opening night for everyone across the industry. So, no, it, it's going to be really special, and it will happen, obviously. But, um, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as long as the government push for more funding, we need some funding for the arts now. I think we kind of need to show that, you know, things are starting to go back, you know, as the Prime Minister announced tonight, things are starting to go, you know, ease off and go back. But, you know, arts is going to be, the arts are going to be the last thing to go back, theatre especially. So, you know, it's going to, you know, it's really important that, the, you know, the government steps up now and kind of provides some funding for all those you know, for every theatre company, every production company, you know, in the land, and you know, and obviously that then filters down to their artists. You know, um, yeah. So no, we will be back. 
Um, it's going to be electric, and I can't wait. And yeah, I will be at that our theatre. I haven't obviously. <laughs> we don't know when it's going to be. Choice, so. What a choice, though, you're going to have as well. I don't care what. I will be there. I will be at our yeah. theatre that night. Preferably, either the No Coward okay. or the Piccadilly. Okay. That's the two. Uh, yeah, that's the two. The two. That's the two that I'd rather be in. But okay. I'll take any theatre. Okay. Which bit? I, I I was thankful to to see Pretty Women just before it closed and oh yeah yes it was she's done a good job she's did a good job yes she's she's, she's alright I suppose yeah. <laughs> I have to you listen to us I have to listen to us sing every day so you know. <laughs> yeah that's that's a different story yeah. <laughs> so so Shannon obviously she asks as well what's your favourite and hardest so two different answers here dance that you've done with Amy's workshops? Oh, that's good. Um, Get Down was probably uh, my hardest, just because I'm, I, I did a lot of commercial dance work as a performer, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I always used to get called musical theatre boy to all these commercial dancers, because I'm obviously very stagey. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was obviously um, my hardest, because um, I'm not naturally cool, I'm a bit of a, bit of a geek. Um, we love the geeks, don't worry. <laughs> um, my favourite, it's all of them. It's such an incredible um, soundtrack that Toby and Lucy have written. And I just think, I just think there's, such, there's such fun songs and there's, they've got such mass appeal that, you know, you know we, we enjoy it. Saturday mornings, are kind of, it almost became like something that we kind of, you know, we, we really, we're really grateful that we sh- scheduled into our week because it gives us something to look forward to. I mean, the... the the positivity and stuff that comes out of the classes is absolutely incredible and you know I really enjoy every every week and I love the fact that they, everyone tags us in you know their routine them doing the routine all around the world it's just it's just absolutely incredible to see and I, I you know I, I yeah I'm enjoying every moment of it so um yeah it's making a real positive out of a really you know, negative situation that we're in at the moment. Yeah. That, that's what I'm loving about this like as much as I'm not loving the situation obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, there's so many positives that have come out of, of it and there's so many things that wouldn't have happened like West End Talks wouldn't have happened without yeah. lockdown yeah. I wouldn't have had the time to, to do to yeah. start up now that I've started up I've got the time when I'm working but working but I wouldn't have the time to start up the, the workshops loads of workshops wouldn't have happened because uh, and tutorials and th- like West End, uh, no West End lives, uh, um, West End lives not happening because of, yeah. <laughs> because of the situation. But I mean, Instagram lives and stuff yeah. wouldn't have happened because of your twenty-four hour marathon. Probably wouldn't have happened. It's still. Maybe we'd have been on stage. The full twenty-four hours yet, but. Uh. <laughs> you'll manage it. You'll you'll <laughs> yeah. You'll probably Thank go to bed at six o'clock on Sunday. She's a machine. I'm a, I'm a bit less so in these days, but um, yeah. <laughs> You'll have the whip out. She'll be. Absolutely, absolutely. You'll <laughs> get rid of the couch out of the living room, wherever or wherever you're doing it. She'll no, nothing to sit down on. You can't sit down. <laughs> so Sarah asks. Uh, she asks, how often? So I think you've kind of answered this, but I'll ask it just okay. so that I've asked it for Sarah's purpose. How often do you cast people in shows? very rarely um so an agent works very different to a casting director so there's no such thing in um as a casting agent so eradicate casting agent from anyone's vocabulary because it's not a real thing so you either have casting directors or agents so basically an agent will look after a certain amount of actors the casting director will be in charge of a production in terms of bringing in people for the creative team to be able to um, audition for them or give straight offers. Um, so it's my job as the agent to then submit what we call submit people, submit out of my pool of actors that I look after um, to the casting director um, for whatever project that they're, they're looking for. Um, so yeah, so it kind of works a different. So I don't necessarily, ca- I don't cast the actual productions I just have a pool of actors that I look after and I manage and, you know, and I, I, it's my job to then look for projects that fit into whatever they, A, they want to do, B, you know, their family life or, you know, what, what, you know, fit in with any scheduling across other productions that they're in and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm mainly a manager of kind of a certain amount of actors. I don't actually cast anything. So yeah. So you're a people, people manager. 
yeah. That's a good way of putting it, rather than the, the show manager. Uh, unless you're obviously producing, that's different. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Casting and directing is a real art form as well. It's, it's about knowing a show and, it, you know, especially in new writing, it's kind of, it's being, you know, you're obviously, you're in charge of bringing in these people, these, you know, in, in a short amount of time, a lot of the time, you know, that, that need to be, one of them needs to be right for the role. So, um, you know, it's a real, it's a real art form being a casting director. No, and it's, it's, I don't think it's fully recognised enough yet. Um, but yeah, it's a real, real talent, real talent. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. some of the, some of the parts, some casting directors haven't got it right sometimes, but that's a different story. That's from a fan's point of view. Yeah, anyway. but it's, it's, oh. not always, it's not always the casting directors. I think, no, I no, I agree that. No, no, I'm not saying that. that. The casting director brings people in the room and can have some say, but you know, obviously, the, obviously the creative panel, the creative team yeah. will have, will have the, uh, you know, the underlying say on what, who it is. So it's not... But a lot of the time, they get it absolutely spot yeah. on. And um, like, there's a certain amount of people, we'll not name names because it's not fair because everybody that does the job is fantastic but talking about casting directors and things, did you, you obviously, you've been in shows yourself um, as, a, as a performer, we, we've spoken briefly about that but speaking slightly more did you not think as an agent to put your own CV into a certain Coliseum production that's coming up? Oh I don't, I don't, think, I don't think people would want to see me on the Coliseum <laughs> <laughs> Re Revive your role as Brad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like that that day is done. And um, I'm having so much fun dancing with Amy every Saturday, and you know it has co cropped up a couple of times. Oh, you thought about coming out of retirement, jokingly. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't. And I kind of think you have to take a step back because I would hate to go. I'd hate to be in a waiting room of an audition for something like Phantom, and see my client next to me and go, "Oh, good luck." You know, hope you nail this one. Not really. I hope I get it. You know, kind of that yeah. whole thing. I, I kind of, it's kind of a bit of a conflict of interest. So I don't think you, I don't think you really can perform and um, do be an agent either. But I mean, yeah, never say never. But um, no, absolutely at the moment, no, I'm, I'm fully set on agent. Fully set on agent. That's good. So Nicola asks, what's it like being in a show rather than producing one? So what's the kind of differences and what's it like? Um, Producing is producing is very stressful. I, 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 being in a show was always stressful, but um, in in some respect. But no, producing is is very stressful. Like I say, just kind of juggling all those balls. Um, I, I, you being in a show is just you. It's just it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling being able to do something um, that you absolutely you know you've trained to do and have done since you, since, you know, a young age and stuff. And that performing will always be kind of something that I, you know, will always be a passion of mine, but um, I'm just now utilizing it in different ways. But um, yeah, it's, it's totally different. I, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling performing in a show and finding, finding a show that, you know, you've always, a, always wanted to do, or, you know, finding a role that is particularly right for you is inc an incredible feeling. Um, yeah, producing is great, producing is great, and uh, sitting back on the, you know, on the opening night or the only night, it's kind of, and, you know, kind of sitting back and just being, you know, so proud of everything you've achieved for months, because it, it took a year of preparation, Pirate Queen, for one night, and, you know, so it's, it's you know, it's, it, that's incredible. It's, you know, um, one of my best friends, she said, oh, treat it like your wedding, which it kind of always felt like. It felt like it, felt like it was kind of just like a big build up to my own wedding. It was kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it, it's very much, it's very, it's very stressful and um, producing, you don't necessarily see a lot of the reward until that time either. It's kind of, it's very, you know, you're trying to keep people happy, kind of having to deal with issues here, there and everywhere. And it's kind of just kind of, yeah, it's, it's a different, different kettle of fish to performing on the front line. So, yeah. You have, you obviously had the, the issue, especially like, talking of as we're going, we're going back to Pirate Queen at the moment, but obviously with Pirate Queen, you, you had the issues of, of everybody at different places. Like obviously Jai lives up in Scotland most of the time. Yeah. And, Hannah, I'm not sure where she lives, but she had other, she probably was filming at that point when she was filming our Netflix show. Rachel was obviously come from away at the time um, and had just been announced uh, yeah. just before that to be going to well, she flew Broadway. Out, she flew out the next morning. So. Yeah, she literally. Yeah, so, she literally so she, yeah, she literally, um, she couldn't stay for the after party. I think she, she popped in, but um, 
yeah, bless her. She was like, oh, you don't mind, do you, if I don't come to the after party? Because I've literally got, I was like, oh my God, absolutely not. She was literally, that, that last week, she was packing up her life to kind of fly back. Um, yeah, and, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't my kind of, all my doing. It was kind of very much the um, director and assistant director who kind of coordinated the schedule and kind of managed to work in kind of people, you know, NDAs and stuff that people had already booked in and stuff and, you know, productions that they're already in a lot of a lot of our casts were already in productions in town and in you know Mamma Mia Lamez and stuff so they they obviously had to leave rehearsals at a certain time so it was, it was very like strict scheduling and stuff which wasn't always down to me it was down to a lot to the director and assistant director who kind of dealt with that that's a hard job I've got to say yeah, very I would not want that one <laughs> I wouldn't want any job in theatre I've got to say no take tickets and rap for that's about the only thing I would do hey. <laughs> Not that I'm saying they're easy jobs. No, I sure they are hard jobs as well. But I am not sniping them at all. And before I dig myself a deeper hole, we'll move on. Grace, Grace asks, "What's the toughest thing about being an agent?" Um, moments like this, um, trying to my clients talking to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wow. Now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm digging. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's as in, as in everything that's going on for the moment. Yeah, I took it um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, my client's welfare is the most important thing to me, um, whether they be in work, whether they be in out of work. So um, seeing, you know, all, well, all my clients kind of an industry being pulled, the rug being pulled from all of our, underneath all of our feet is kind of it's so difficult to see and it's you know it's incredibly challenging from my job to kind of my point of view to kind of just I need to, I need to keep you know everyone positive and stuff and it's the same kind of thing in producing really um you know trying to keep everyone happy and yeah it's difficult at the moment it's we will all get through it but um yeah it's, that's the hardest thing and it's hard it was always hard before this it was always hard you know seeing someone just miss out um being called back again and again for a certain role or a dream show or something and then them just missing out or them getting to the finals for their seventh show and then them not getting it you know it's always it's always difficult um it was difficult for me as a performer missing out on that so if you think you multiply that by 90 clients that you have you know it's kind of it's difficult it's it, yeah that's tough but go, making those phone calls when a client bags a job is makes it all worth it makes it all worth it and i've had i've had so many clients cry to me down the phone and me cry back and sob and literally because they've literally because it's been their dream to do the west end and you know and and being able to phone them and just let them know that they did it, you know, they've achieved it. It's just, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. can imagine, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, this is just the top. We've obviously, no, nobody's ever went through a situation like this and God forbid, let's hope we never go through it again. But we obviously don't know that for definite, but at least we're more prepared now. And if yeah. it was ever to happen again, we, we know what was to come. Um, but obviously, the way West End has never went black. Mm. Certainly, certainly never that I remember. So it changed time definitely. Um, with the the, 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 the blackness of, of the West End. I've not been in London in four months, which nearly well no, January, no, Feb when was the, the performance at the end of February? So I was there yeah. and then I saw performance yeah, so I saw the end of that. I saw that, sorry, and then it was a couple of weeks, maybe, I saw another performance, and that was it. Uh, so it was middle, middle, beginning of March, so two months. But that, to me, is like half a year. Like, yeah. that's very unusual for me. I'm usually in London every minute I get after work, before work, because I live in Watford. So it's not that far. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I'm not that far from London, so it's just straight on the train in. It's a strange feeling, definitely, for me, and I'm just a, mm -hmm. a, an audience member. Well, I, I live quite centrally, and it's it's very... It's very, it's it's weird. It's the feeling in central London. I've, I've walked to the office where our office is on Regent Street, and I, you know, it's 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 a strange feeling. Even walking down Regent Street, it's just like it's like a ghost town. Um, yeah, it's it's strange. It's really strange. So yeah. 
Yeah, no, I definitely can imagine. Um, so, so Mia asks, um, just to move on slightly, she asks, how does she go about auditioning for your agency? Um, well, um, I get this quite a bit, but um, which is fine. Um, we kind of, we, we obviously get inundated every day with different submissions and stuff. I always always say, um, send us a cover letter, like you would do to any agent, really. send us a cover letter, cover email with um, your CV, your headshot, and um, I need to see some footage of you performing. Whether that be, obviously at the moment it wouldn't be this, but an, an invite to a show that you're in, or you know, some footage in terms of like a show reel or something that you have something of you performing, um, you know, singing, dancing, acting and stuff. So um, yeah, and then we'll go from there. Um, like I said before, it's, it, if it's a no now, it's not, um, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's a no forever, but um, yeah, um, it's kind of so. So don't you've got to, just got to take it on the chin and just move move on from it. And um, also, um, we kind of have an auto response that kind of goes out because we we can't reply to everyone. That would be a full time job for one person in the office if we had to reply to absolutely everyone that wrote into us. So um, yeah, so don't be put off if we you, know, you just don't hear anything. You know, just try again a few months later. Or if you've got something new, like new headshots or a new show reel, no, please let us know. Or you know, you've, you you're in a show when everything you know kind of starts back up again. No, let us know, and absolutely. So um, yeah, it's kind of just going from there. Great, that's that's good advice for me. I'm sure she'll be happy with that. Um, that kind of brings us to the end because the only thing I had in the, the list was the musical thing musical athon which we, we, we have spoke about but just to remind everybody please support tom and amy yeah, uh, on, on saturday if you can't watch the whole 24 hours send me wine send can't me watch the whole please just tune in when you can it's, it's going to be live on amy's platforms we will share it as well on ours yeah. but that kind of brings us to the end tom they just all that's left all that's left is the west end talks quick fire round Oh, I'm going to be awful. I'm going to say something totally inappropriate. <laughs> you don't have to answer correctly, so you can think about it. Okay, okay. And please remember, it's a family not, show. Not so quick fire. <laughs> not, not so quick fire round. That's a better way of putting it. The West End talks, not so quick fire round. Uh, so it's just a couple of questions, uh, nice and simple. Uh, what's oh, nice and simple? I, think, I don't think it's quite simple, but what's your favourite musical theatre song? Not necessarily for you to perform. Woman from, woman from Pirate Queen. Classic, yeah, definitely. And Rachel understand why. On the night. Rachel definitely. And what's your top five shows? Um, Parade, which I saw at the Donmar with Bertie Colour, which is incredible. Merrily We Roll Along, um, Maria Friedman's version. Um, Martin Gare, just because I love that score. Um, and then the other two... Hairspray, I love what Jerry Mitchell did, and uh, Fame, just because I loved it growing up. So, yeah. Brilliant. No. <laughs> I, the, the, there are some good choices, actually. Hairspray, you kind of beat. Like, that's a classic. Uh, that's definitely. But uh, I'm interested, actually, for Merrily We Go Long. I haven't seen it, but I'm quite interested about the film. Yes. Uh, it's been announced. That's quite an interesting concept where they're filming over the, the five years. Yeah. Many years, however. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to, to see how that turns out. And uh, obviously it, Ben Platt's been announced for that. You didn't sit in town, just gone Maria Friedman's video. No, I didn't, unfortunately, no. Gen I mean, Jenna Russell, I love anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, the, that whole production was just just beautiful. So, yeah, so. Yeah. No, it's one of, one of my West End regrets, definitely, because it is one that I would love to see. I love the score. Like, I've listened to the songs and it's, it's a classic. But we'll, we'll, we'll see it eventually. I'm sure it'll come back. It'll, It'll merrily be, it'll go along yeah, yeah. As, as, as the name of the music is, and it'll eventually come back. Someday I'll, I'll, re, I'll uh, replay it again. But that, that's at the end. The only thing we, we've left to do, I'm sure you've heard of the, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to ask you I'm to, to put ice on you. You're all right. Don't worry. <laughs> the T-shirt contest. Oh, you'd win that one anyway, but no, we're not going to do that. Uh, oh, basically you had to do it. I, it. I definitely, at one point, you'll want it. I can assure you. You'll be like, well, give me the, give me, kill me down. Um, no, basically you had to do it and then nominate somebody. So okay. all we ask, uh, we're asking everybody to do it is the West End Talks nomination. 
And all we, all we ask you to do is nominate anyone you want, preferably somebody you know, so that you've got a bit of kind of pool with them. Um, and just on Twitter, once you finish this, on Twitter, go okay. on to Twitter and say, Tristan, well, you have to say just now, okay. but then after the, so that it's on the okay. video as, as concrete proof. Okay. But then at the end, go, once you're finished, go on Twitter, pop up a tweet just to say, just finished my talk, we're wasting talks, now it's your turn, whoever you nominate. So who would you like to nominate? I don't think Claude Michel has Twitter, so <laughs> I can't tag him. <laughs> Bless him. Um, let me have a think. I know, only because he's brought so much merriment during... Um, during this whole lockdown process, I would have to say uh, my very best friend, Philip Joel, who is a choreographer, who is a, yeah. Yes. So he, he's doing these spoof videos at the moment, which are kind of very funny, but yeah. Will, can I um, ask? Yeah. You've got a hard job, because he's actually lined up for a chat next week. Oh, is he? Oh, see, brilliant. <laughs> so could you try and nominate somebody else? Of course he is, of course he is. Oh, oh, I don't know now. No, but he's actually, we've got him lined up next week. Have you? Okay, yeah, genuinely we have, yes. Oh, bless after, he's, after we saw his videos, I thought, oh, I need to chat with this guy, he's brilliant. Can you not just say that was my recommendation? <laughs> you we know, could we, if you wanted. We met, we met doing Fame, and literally on the second day of rehearsals, he said, who wants gin? And I went, me, and that's how, that, and then the friendship formed. And that was it, you just, that was it, so. I, I, I've never, I know the guy, I've, I've seen some of his work, but I've never met the guy, but all oh, his visuals are hilarious. The one at Sage Door. Brilliant, brilliant. That was just, that was so me. The agent one, like, the, the three, because he always sends them to me first and says, oh, what do you think of this? And then before he puts them on in there. And the agent one, I was like, you've definitely based these on me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, some of these videos were hilarious, definitely. Right, well, we'll use that as, as your nomination okay, then. That's what we'll do. Um, we'll, we'll warn Philip that he's going to, to get a, a, a nomination, but just to act yeah. like it was, that came from that. I might, send, I might send him a little, um, yeah, I might send him a little question next week then. For you to... Yeah, that, by all means, well, we haven't announced him yet. So that's an exclusive for you guys. Uh, we haven't announced him, but he is genuinely, we've got the poster made up, we can... Send you it straight after this chat just to prove yeah. uh, that we've got them. Um, but yeah, so we've got the poster made up. He's getting announced, I think, the end of the beginning, beginning of next week. Um, we've got so many at the moment. So many people are just so passionate to talk. And, yeah, and, and um, that's what's great. That's what's great about our industry. Everyone doing all these Q and A's, master classes. Is you know, literally, I think if you're a if you're a performer or you've got an interest in in, in musical theatre, I think literally grab onto all as much as you can at the moment because. People have got so much time on their hands, literally. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great what you guys are doing. Absolutely. This is absolutely incredible. No, this is absolutely incredible. You know, kind of giving a, you know, a, a long interview and an insight into kind of different areas of the industry. No, absolutely. I think it's really important. And it's more, I think the point in myself was that there's a lot of interviews happening at the moment and obviously likes of what's on stage and, and, and I'm not slagging anyone in particular. They're all great interviews. But what we want to try and do is give the fans the chance to ask the yeah. question. Because a lot of interviews with casts and stuff are, as I say, great interviews, but not necessarily what the fans want to know. Yeah. It's what the, the shows are asking them to ask yeah. the casts or what they want to know about the show or things. And we don't want that. We want to, for the fans, because yeah. the fans don't really get a chance to ask the questions. They occasionally do at a stage door, but that's, they don't really have time to, to talk because people... It's not really a necessity stage door. That's what I like. like. I do a stage door every night. Every time I go and see a show, I do do a stage door. Um, didn't for Pirate Queen because I didn't know, because it was a concert, I didn't know how much that was my problem. I was like, are yeah, they going to come out of stage door? Are they having the after pack? It was packed afterwards for the Pirate Queen. Absolutely packed. Nobody wanted my autograph, which was... <laughs> if I was at stage door, Tom, oh, I would have been thank you. I would have went, can you sign my program? Can you sign the <laughs> ticket? Uh, no, it was great. Um, but no, so I always do it, but I don't know. I never expect, like, because it's not part of their job. People need to remember that. Like, the amount of people you send, Philip Jones' video is, is so right, like, literally so right with the stage door thing. There are people out there that they expect that. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not part of the job. That's what I'm saying. So people that are there, 
because of a certain person. Uh, and I'm not getting any show in particular here. They're, they're, every show has that person, whether they're famous or whether it's West End fame or whatever. Um, but the people that are there for that person, I'm like, you might, they might not come out this way. And trying to get them to remember that is, is, oh, but why? They need to come and meet their fans. No, they don't. They've just done two and a half hours or however long the show is. They're tired. They've maybe, if it's a Saturday night, you've done two shows, get a grip. Like, it's not part yeah. of the contract. But anyway, that's a different yeah, story. I know but, what you say. I know what you say. But then also, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fans. You know what I mean? 100%. Yes, I mean, that's it. As well, on the flip side, you know. So, I mean, 100%. But you, you're tired, especially performers. <laughs> uh, but yes. But anyway, Thank you very much for, for joining us t today, Tom. It Thank was great to you. chat with you. All that left for you guys at home, I obviously we have said that, that me and Tom have had great fun over the last hour or so chatting, um, but we're, we're not just here for fun. We're, we're here to, to raise money for acting for others. That's the, the point in, in these videos. Uh, so if you enjoyed, or if you didn't, doesn't matter, uh, the chat, uh, pop, a wee donation, whatever you can. It's a just given page, so you can donate whatever you can, whatever you can afford. Uh, and the link below will be in the bio of the, the video. Um, so whatever you can, please pop that along and it goes straight to Acting for Others and be very much appreciated by them. All that's left for me to say is next chat, we have Richard Carson, who's currently in Le Mis, but was in Joseph last summer at the Palladium as well. So we've got him, so tune in next time for him. But all I was left to say is thank you very much, Tom. Thank Once you. Again, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute, absolute privilege uh, having a chat with you. It's been great fun. Um, dreading every time you spoke, thinking there was something else going to come out here. But we managed. <laughs> we did well. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you very much. And everybody, take care. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh